Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. So I want to read to you, we went over this last week, but it's a good refresher. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the what? Gift of God, meaning there is nothing you can do to earn it. You have to just, when someone gives you a gift, you have to what? Just receive it. There's nothing you do. So well, let me do something so that I feel better about receiving it. And sometimes we do that. But in the kingdom of God, he took his own life and took the sin upon the world and became the once and for all sacrifice. And only he can offer forgiveness and offer it freely because it didn't come free. It came at a cost and that was his life. And we just have to receive that. So there's nothing that we can do. So it says not by works, not of works. But see, there's more to this passage because works are part of our faith. But sometimes we can misunderstand or misapply what this idea of works is or means. And it becomes a burden to us because, again, we're trying to earn what was freely given. But right here, Paul establishes the truth, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's nothing that you could bring to the table that said, I did this and they didn't. So I'm in better standing before my God. That's boasting. When all you can do is receive, it puts every single one of us on the same playing field, on the same level. And how you start is how you end. But watch what it says. For we are his workmanship created in Christ for what? For what? So there's that word works again. So he says, don't get it wrong. Works are important, but you have to understand works are the blessing of your salvation. Works are the blessing of your faith in Christ. Works are not the means by which you receive Christ. But after you receive Christ, works are the blessing. Works are what bring your life to life. Works are what you have been created for. Every single one of us is looking for purpose. Every single one of us identifies ourselves through what we are, what we want to become. He made us that way. And he goes on to say, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? I love that he says walk, because walk, if you have to go from the kitchen uh, to the living room, what do you usually have to do? I don't know what your house looks like. You have to walk. It's step by step. It's a journey. And what he is saying is the works that he has prepared for you are a journey. And those works are found in the mundane aspects of life. And you have to believe that your life has purpose and that you have works created for you to do in Christ. And that purpose is found step by step by step. And often we do not remember this or understand it. We can kind of box our faith into what we do in terms of I go to church, I go to Bible study, or I read my devotional, and then I go to church again. I don't know what it is for you, but that's not what it is. See, you've been prepared for good works. I want you all to hear this. Where you sit right now, as worthless as you might think your life is, 
There is incredible value right where you are. There's nothing wrong with setting goals, but often we get so caught up on the goal, so caught up in what we want to be, we're like, that's where meaning is going to come, right? And we forget here. But what we have to understand in the kingdom, as we walk by faith each day, as we are walking in the reality of works, which are very simple, which we're going to see, but not simple, we're becoming who we are so that we can then be prepared for what he has made us to be and to do. Does that make sense? It's you're preparing, you're preparing. And even in the preparation comes life, comes impact, comes so many things that could bring purpose and meaning to the most mundane aspects of your life. Who has mundane aspects of their lives? Oh man, not all of you. (laughs) You guys, adventurers. 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ compels us. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for who? Who thinks maybe on a daily basis you might live for yourself just a little bit? Two hands, I'm waving them. But for him who died for them and rose again, this is the truth. We were built and made for works that glorify God, not ourselves. Easy to understand, harder to walk. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So here we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in anyone today? If anyone is in Christ, he is what? He's a what? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become What things is he talking about? You see what I mean? Who's heard that verse before? Does it make you like, does it make you feel a little good? I mean, it's like, oh, that's kind of, it's nice. But what does it really mean? What's it mean to be a new creation? What does it mean to be a new creation in Christ? We have to understand what this means because it's a good truth. But we have to understand that this doesn't happen miraculously in terms of you receive Christ and all of a sudden you're just new. You see, this is where faith comes in. This is where action stimulated or moved on by faith can either produce that reality or keep it within because God does the work inside of you. As soon as you receive Jesus, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He has done that work. He is speaking of a truth that already exists inside of you, but it's up to us to uncover it through the obedience found in his word because in his word are instructions for the life that we need to live because that's who we are. Too often... What's happening is you associate with the church you go to, but you don't associate yourself with being a new creation, a child of God. God, old things have passed away. What old things? Ever thought about that? Like, what old things? Because I have a feeling many of us, including myself, are holding on to the old things. The old things exist right here between the ears. Again, how you think, how you move through life. And without a God to truly serve, you serve yourself. So it means there's a whole rewiring that has to be done. But we have the spear within us to help reveal the truth of God through his word and to lead us step by step. Now, 
Look at what Ephesians 4.20 says. But you have not so learned Christ, and indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you what? Put off, take off concerning your former conduct. Think of your former conduct or your current conduct. Do you see how that encompasses everything? Your conduct is how you live. It's how you conduct yourself. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Without Christ, it can only grow more in the lust of the flesh because that's all it knows to serve. Do you know that? You can only truly serve yourself. Even in serving others without Christ, you're still serving yourself at some level. But in Christ, you have a whole nother priority, a whole nother set of instructions and understanding about what your life is for. And in that life is found. And he says, and be renewed in what? So put off the old and then what? Be renewed. Spirit of who has a hard time with this thing. I've said this before, but if you thought out loud, would you have friends? Would you be employed? Would you be allowed to have children? <laughs> and that you put on the new, which is created according to God in what? True righteousness and holiness. Do you see this is not a burden? This is life. This is what you were created for. Righteousness and holiness is who you are. And in that are the works. In that, in these are your identity. It's your identity. Where do we find ways of righteousness? The Bible. But here, I'm going to give you a silly example of what it takes to walk in faith. And I'm very visual. So, um, let's say this, this hoodie is... The old man. <laughs> yeah, isn't this nice? All right. I can't unzip it. <laughs> Say, this is all I knew as far as a jacket. It's all I knew. I don't know anything else. All I've ever had is this jacket. And it's come. Well, not really my, I don't have circulation in my hands. I have to unzip it to eat. It doesn't keep me very warm, but it's all I know, right? It's all I know, but you look at me like, that is hideous. And you have to understand the old man, as much as you like it, as much as it feels good, you see, to others, you have to understand, they're like, whoa, dude, that jacket, too small or more importantly God is like why are you wearing that you see so this is the old now he says put off the old you see so faith is a process of taking off the old and putting on the new and so as we go through this series and look at the practical aspects of how we have our faith in action every day it's a process of like this this is taking this off 
As ridiculous as it looks, do you see what I mean? When you are helping somebody, if you have somebody and you're just trying to get them to do the right thing, doesn't it seem ridiculous the things that they keep gravitating towards? Like, what are you doing? But to them, it makes sense. And for us as believers, we have to be willing to say, all right, faith says I am new that I could take this thing off. And so we take it off. And it's like, it's a process, isn't it? It's a process because sometimes you get an arm out, but then we're like, no, 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 no. But it's a process because as we take this off, what we're doing is leaving room to now put on the new that has been given, that has happened inside of you already and through the actions of putting off and then putting on through obedience, all of a sudden, oh, this fits. Like, I have room. I can feel my hands. It's like actually warm. But we don't get to this stage sometimes because so much of what we know of religion is just take it off, take it off, don't, 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 don't. With nothing new to put on. It's saying, it's like just don't do that because God's going to be mad and say you can't come into my kingdom because you didn't behave well enough. That's not what the word is saying. Put off the old and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. This is who you are. This comfy, cozy, warm jacket is who you are. But yet because we've been misguided or misunderstood, we think that it's all about that jacket or we don't even think we got to take the jacket off. Wow, it's hot. So let's look at James 1.22 again. So this is the spirit in what she is teaching. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. If you're not taking off or putting on, you're just keeping that same old thing. Nothing's changing if all you're only hearing and can only recite. There's plenty of us that can memorize Bible verses. But if we're not doing them and actively looking and saying, all right, Lord, this is who I am. Oh, this is what's been revealed to me. Help me with this. These works, these commands are for me because it's who I am. It's who I am on the inside. And he goes on to say, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There are many deceived Christians. There are many deceived religious folk. Who has ever met a religious person that goes to church religiously, but is the most vile, hardest, mean person you've ever met? Most condemning, judgmental person you've ever met, but they go to church. Woohoo! That's not why Jesus came. He came to set us free from who we were, from the red jacket. And it's by his grace we have that promise. And you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and he immediately forgets who he is. Who you are. Then he goes on to say, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty... And continues in it. It is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be what? Because it's who you are. Because it's who you are. Because it's who you are. 
If anyone among you thinks his, he is religious, and he is not referring to religious in a positive sense, it was always used in a negative sense when used with this particular Greek word. So if any of you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is what? It's what? <sighs> wow. And so a lot of this was pointed at the Pharisees whose religion consisted so much in external observing, observances, keeping themselves from defilement, but yet they never looked inward. It was an external observance. But yet, he's saying, if you can't bridle your tongue, if what comes out of your mouth is not honoring, if what comes out of your mouth is not reflective, see, it, it, it's useless. It has, it's not doing anything for you. If the real change isn't happening, that's from the inside out, your religion is useless. And there are some people that have gone to church their whole life, but it's been useless because there's been no transformation. Who would like a little transformation? Who would like just a little more life, a little more wisdom? Who would like to be set free from patterns of thinking that are just so, they, they keep you in bondage? Who would like to be released from that? Who would like to live as though you're not a victim anymore, but a conqueror? Who would like to live as though you are not, there is no one over you that you have to serve in a sense that you have to give up yourself, but you serve the living king who has given you life. And as you serve him, you become you. And therefore you can transform every environment that you walk into. But religion doesn't do that. Sorry, I'm just holding this. <laughs> Useless means to void a force, truth, and success or result. Of no purpose, empty, profitless. So let me show you. This is what religion does. <laughs> Here's the old man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Here's the old man. Religion does this. I'm not going to take this off. I'm just going to put some observance over it. I'm going to take some to-dos. And just do them. But yet, I don't feel any better. I'm still me. I still can't feel my hands. If anything, now it's tighter and I'm like sweating profusely. I'm uncomfortable all the time. This is what religion says. Well, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do communion. I'm good. Never looking at yourself, never really looking at your life in the trenches and going, how can I honor? How can I live according to the truth of who God says I am? Religion just puts on this cloak of observance and there's no change and you're no better off. And some of you may relate with this visual. This is what your church life has felt like. You can't really put on the new until you take off the old. You really can't do it. Do you know that taking off the old and putting on the new is a process, though? It's a process. That's why there's grace. <laughs> Thank the Lord. But James is saying, if all you do is just observe, but you can't control what comes out of your mouth, it's not serving any purpose. Because it's not saying, it's not transforming you. You're not living in a transformed state and in the reality of a transformed state. And so if you start with legalism, you're going to end in legalism. Colossians 
Therefore, if you died with Christ from the with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Which all concerns things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom, an appearance of a new self, in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. The only thing that strengthens you against the indulgence of the flesh is the Spirit of God in you, placed in you. You see, so going through a ritual has no power to, to, to remove that except being transformed here, right? So that's daily in your walk, you and God, you and your thoughts, knowing how you think, knowing how you speak, knowing what you carry. This is where liberty is found. So... The first thing James says, let's go back to James 1.26. So if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. He goes right to the tongue. That's the first thing he addresses right here. And on the back of your bulletin, you're, every week you're going to see, it says action item. If any of you have been in meetings, you know that action items are an important part of a meeting. It means I got to take action on this. I've been assigned to do this. I, I, want, I want to be able to provide you a very practical action item list for your faith. And so, your first action, action item is watch mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. This is so important, you all. This is the first thing James said. If you're doing all these external things, but your tongue is still speaking vile, evil stuff, you need to look. Is, is this religion really helping you? Let's read this. Luke 6.43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its what? For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush, whatever that is. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth, what? This is so important, you all. This, how, how much more practical can this get? Faith in action is, first of all, what am I saying? <laughs> Is what I am saying on a daily basis reflective of someone that has been regenerated in Christ? That has the hope of a king. Who, whose holiness and righteousness is, his, is our identity. That these works are works that were prepared for us. And our works start with our mouth. The biggest way to affect anybody is by what you say, right? But yet we don't understand the power that we have in this. But yet it is the most reflective aspect of our life. So if you want to know how you're doing, look at how you talk. Look at how you talk. Because look at this. Proverbs 8.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning those who, who yield it to the Father. Yield it. 
to the ways of righteousness and holiness will actually be full. But you all, come on, think about how flippantly we just use this thing. We all do it. We don't understand that faith in action means it's every day. It's thinking about, what am I about to say? Is it reflective of the new me or the old me? But if it's just about taking off the coat and saying, don't talk like that. Then there's no newness. He's saying, don't talk like that because there's actually a new vocabulary God has placed in you. This is so important. What are your words speaking? What are your words speaking to others? What are they speaking to yourself? What are you speaking over yourself? Are you self-deprecating? Do you have victim speech? You see, you, you know your own speech. Is it perverse language? And we know, right, that texting is speaking... We know that posting is speaking. Sometimes it's the only voice people hear from you. So what you do post matters. And remember that you are a new creation made for good works. Holiness and righteousness are who you are. So if what you're posting is saying something different, you just need to look at that. And it may be the funniest thing in the world. But you need to understand, it matters because our tongue is the most powerful aspect of who we are that declares the goodness and the majesty of God. James 3.1, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn the whole body. I've seen this. My niece rode horses. I couldn't believe she's on this, this huge horse, but yet it listened to her because his mouth was controlled by this thing. And by the mouth, she was able to control this huge horse and jump these massive 40-foot jumps. I mean, they were not that big. But they able to do incredible things. And God is saying, if you yield your tongue to me, you can do incredible things right where you are. Because encouragement and giving life to others through our words is one of the most profound, powerful abilities that we hold. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Has anyone ever lost respect for someone because of one thing that they said? It was such a powerful hurt that you couldn't look past it. The whole person was dismissed because of one thing that was said. We do more hurting through our words and through necessarily our actions. And we hurt those even when they don't know they're being spoken of. We are hurting them. We are hurting them. And we have to accept that response because we're children of God. We don't have to do that anymore. Isn't that, I mean, it's kind of good news. <laughs> the tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire by hell. Okay. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. Isn't that right? <laughs> 
I can't tame your tongue. <laughs> Spirit of God can if we yield to it. He gives you new words. His Spirit gives you new desires. The fruit of the Spirit dictates new types of thinking, new types of words. It dictates how we treat others. But if you're treating people with contempt and, vi- and you speak of them in ways that are no different than who you were, look at that. Don't be condemned, be convicted. Big difference, right? Don't be condemned, be convicted. This is good news. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men. You see, we can bless Father God in here, but man, as soon as we get cut off, turning on to Sheridan, that's where faith becomes action, right? Instead of cursing the person, maybe we can practice blessing them, even though they don't deserve it. <laughs> that coworker that we have to go deal with the first thing on Monday morning. And I, and I mean, let's not even talk to others about how awful this person is. Right? It's like, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to pray for that person. And I want to encourage that person. I want to help that person. Oh, man. I want to ah, get on Facebook. This president or this speaker of the house. Am I right? No one cares about how you feel. Stop it. You're not changing anybody's mind. Use your platforms for good. Not to be part of the trash. It takes discipline. My brethren, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and curse. And my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Do you see why? Why? You're a new creation. That's not who you are anymore. That's not who you are anymore. So why are you doing it? That's what James is doing. It ought not to be. He's like, look at yourself. He's giving instruction. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. It's the reality. It's either coming from one or two sources. Judge the source. And know that it can be corrected because you're a new creation. You have the ability within you. And it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. It's rotten or worthless words. It also says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be what? Because you don't need to do it anymore. With all malice. That evil speaking is slander, detraction, speech injurious to another's good name. Don't label anybody on Facebook, please. As this or that, just a side note. Ephesians 5.3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let not even be named among you as is fitting for what? Are you saints? Right. It's like, don't, that's not who you are anymore. 
If someone showed up to tennis team practice in football gear, you'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's not fitting for a tennis player. It's for something else. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are all not fitting. Filthiness, obscenity, Mm -mm, curse words. Know that cursing matters. It really does. Because it's not reflective of who you are. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you are throwing out F-bombs, is that Christ? Is that edifying for somebody else? Do you need that extra word to give your words power and effectiveness? Without Christ, without a sense of true purpose and empowerment from a spirit greater than yourself, you kind of have to add stuff. These are just things to look at. These are the, it, it's who you are. Coarse joking, vulgar joking. But here's what I love you all. Here's the new jacket. Okay, we're almost done. Ephesians 5, 4. Let's go back. He says, but rather what? You see what I mean? Meaning you were designed now to give thanks. You were designed to utilize this for thanksgiving, for praise. Not to be so caught up in the world and how people treat you that it affects you in a way that you lose control and you want to hurt the other person. He said, no, 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 just give thanks. So if you're stuck in traffic, what do you do? If you're in a horrible meeting at work, what do you do? If you have unruly kids and they're driving you to say things that you didn't think were possible, what do you do? As much as you can for those kids. If your family is nutso, what do you do? Huh? But do you see, that's the new jacket. Do you know how you overcome those situations? Not by getting on in and talking about it. It's like, I'm good. Thank you, Jesus, that you've placed me here and given me the equipment to deal with this in a holy manner that actually can bring life into this. That can change the environment of work by how I am now bringing a different vocabulary that doesn't get pulled down by those who don't have a hope greater than themselves. You see, this is like good. This is where we live. This is practical. Let no corrupt word come out, proceed out of your mouth. But what is for necessary edification or building up that it may impart what? Grace to the hearers. He's saying, see, don't let corrupt, worthless language come out. But let's put stuff out there that actually that word grace means affords joy and pleasure and delight. Because we can. Because we can. Because we have the spirit of God in us. Because we see things differently. We've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. So you see... If we're just adding to the problem, we're not adding grace and joy. We're just adding to the tension of this world. We're just getting sucked in like the rest of them. But if we know that in this life there will be trouble, in this life there will be people that say bad things about you, but that we are a different person that can speak differently. You are walking now in who you are and you're going to grow more and more in your faith and be prepared for more and more responsibility.
So it starts right here. It's right here. So watch your mouth. (laughs) Really watch it. What's it saying? But again, you're not condemned. You're not condemned. You're convicted. So have fun with that one. (laughs) It's really good though, you all. I've been convicted all week and man, that I just have to stop a million times (laughs) and just say, what am I doing? Why am I saying this? And some of you just need to hear this today. It's one thing to hear. Some of you have voices in your head <laughs> that speak a lot of things that aren't true. Sometimes growing out from that is to speak truth, even though your brain is saying the opposite. Is to speak truth. Speak truth. Speak truth. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Speak the word of God. And your brain, it just has to slow, because you talk up here too. (laughs) So let it, like, filter it and let it come. And this is where it starts. It starts with the vocabulary of your daily lives. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, I, I, you know, I pray on, on, on behalf of every single one of us, Lord, that, Lord, this is, yeah, this is hard, but Lord, <laughs> it's worth it. And Lord, again, I pray that grace has been elevated, that no one is doubting that they have received your seal, but that, Lord, this is a time of instruction so that they can begin to grow and to experience life and purpose right where they are. Lord, I pray for the hurts of the past and even the present that may want to say things to protect ourselves or to empower ourselves but are not of you Lord I pray that we could submit and lose ourselves enough to raise you up in our speech because that is what we're created to do we love you Jesus we thank you Jesus our Lord and our Savior Amen you've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.